0: That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, Mm -hmm. you know that I'm Mm -hmm. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine sometimes i'll read a book to go to sleep sometimes mm-hmm. i'll when a bachelor uh that book keeps me very awake it's very engaging that never puts me to sleep mm. i will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen it's nice to get some time away from the screen i also will incorporate some rw Knutson organic just tart cherry juice it truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland.
1: Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains-like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl Mocktail trend on social media.
0: so, you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game, game of roses. roses. This, this is, is the game, game of
1: roses.
0: Welcome to the game, game of roses. roses. I
2: think the no privacy, like the pressures of everyone saying this is a relationship, but really, we were just trying we to work lo- on a friendship. We, you know?
0: People think we were hooking up the whole time.
2: 18 days in the same bed.
0: Never kissed.
2: Never kissed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you kept farting.
1: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues bringing you our first ever Friday episode.
1: woo
0: For the duration of Claire's season, we will be doing episodes this way. Wednesdays, we break down the gameplay that happened on Tuesday, and then Fridays, we bring you our state of the world, our Bachelor Nation news, our parasocial plays of the week, our screams from the pit. We always felt like doing the news on a Tuesday was kind of weird. It makes much more sense (laughs) to do it on a Friday when the news has actually happened, when we've had a week of time to uh, pass so that we can discuss it. But before we get into all that, we must mention that if you are listening to this podcast, please go listen to it on the Stitcher app. We are featured there all this week in their top carousel with some other very nice podcasts that I'm sure you'll like as well, and their app is really good. In fact, you can go right now to stitcherapp.com slash gameofroses, and that will help us if you listen to it through that link. That's Stitcher stitcherapp, dot com forward slash gameofroses. We also have to mention at the end of this episode, our Screams from the Pit is going to be a very special one, sponsored by our first sponsor ever, Relationship Hero. Relationship Hero is a service that you can go to online if you're having trouble in a relationship. Maybe you're casually dating, maybe you're looking for a soulmate, newly engaged, maybe you've been married for literal decades, just like the people (laughs) in the Ceremony of the Ancients in our beloved game. No matter what the case, no matter what the context of your relationship, Relationship Hero is here to support you.
1: Maybe you feel you have a toxic relationship with a television series, perhaps.
0: I don't know anything about that. But if you go to RelationshipHero.com slash G-O-R, it helps us. And guess what? You get $50 off your first one-hour coaching session. So go to RelationshipHero.com G-O-R. And at the end of today's episode, in our screens from the Pit, we are going to have a coach from Relationship Hero with us in the Pit to discuss how how the show is destroying our lives, and maybe she can help us with that. We think you guys are going to enjoy it. And we have an action-packed episode for you, as you might expect. A lot has been happening in Bachelor Nation. Obviously, we have Bachelorette back on the air, and we're going to be going through now some of the players and what their Instagram accounts have been doing over the past couple of days since we first got to see them in the show. But before we get to any of that, of course, we have to start this episode as we start all episodes by discussing some news that's happening in the world that is seemingly unrelated to The Bachelor, and then we're going to explain to you exactly how it is perfectly related to The Bachelor. This is Game of Roses, State of the world. the World. Well, a lot has happened this past week. As it does seemingly in every week of 2020, there is no fucking slowing down with the amount of insanity that is just fucking pumped out minute by minute. I
1: feel like it's more news every week. There's just more than the previous week.
0: Certainly, it seems like there's crazier shit happening every week at a constant basis. So much is happening at such a rapid pace that things that would normally dominate a news cycle for a week or a month don't even fucking register as something that is important at all. For example, this week, there was a fucking plot to kidnap a current sitting governor. Democrat Gretchen Whitmer, Michigan's governor, was about to be kidnapped by a group of 13 guys from right-wing militias who have now been caught by the FBI, their plans have been foiled, and they have been charged in federal court for conspiring to perform the kidnap in an effort to start a civil war. This was not even in the news cycle for more than half a day. It was barely registered.
1: (laughs) I know, we thought this was going to be our state of the world last week, and it's not. We also had the California Republican Party has been setting up unofficial and illegal ballot collection boxes in predominantly Democratic voting districts. The California Secretary of State has issued a cease and desist order, but the California GOP is so far refusing to comply. So they're collecting ballots in fake election
0: boxes. Presumably to destroy them.
1: Presumably, or only deliver some of them to real election boxes.
0: Well, it seems to me that they're putting these things out in counties they know are going to be heavy Democrat leaning, and they're just going to flush them down the toilet, destroy these things. Of course, we had some COVID news this week. Friday, October 9th, saw a new single-day global record broken with over 350,000 cases reported, and here in the U.S., 21 states have hit their highest seven-day averages since the outbreak. As the next big wave of COVID is hitting us, we're (laughs) expecting another lockdown soon to follow.
1: Oh, my God. Correct tone.
0: So while all of our beloved games players are out with no masks doing spawn con picnics on yachts with each other, this is what's actually happening. COVID is about to explode again. We are seeing the highest single day totals globally reported since all of this started. But
1: are we going to have another lockdown? Aren't we just like, oh, it's over? I don't know. Uh, and, of course, this week, we also had the Amy Coney Barrett Supreme Court confirmation hearings. They're well underway, and despite the Democrats' efforts to slow it down...
0: <laughs> you motherfucker. Yes? <laughs> so just just some context here. <laughs> We write these things out a little bit. We research them. I'm going to peel back the onion, let you behind the curtain of how we make this podcast. Peel back the onion. I very carefully wrote out a little thing about this. And just to let you know what it actually says, what the script actually says here is, despite the Democrats' pitiful efforts to slow down her confirmation, Pace Case omitted the word pitiful.
1: Maybe you should have read this news item. and maybe I'm a neoliberal simp, but I'm <laughs> It is a very important few weeks here and I am doing my best to help us have a blue as blue a wave as possible. And maybe that includes not shitting on their efforts. I mean, what can they do? They can't do that much.
0: I agree. They can't. They're not capable.
1: <laughs> anyway, the Democrats have been putting in a level of effort that is debatable um, in order to slow down Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation. All signs are indicating that she will be confirmed and permanently installed on the Supreme Court to... (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) To complete her mission by God to make both abortion and homosexuality illegal just in time for the upcoming election. Can you tell which one of us came up with this news segment?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But this brings us to the piece of news we actually wanted to focus on today. Because it is election related. What is it? Well, as we know, Trump got COVID and the second debate with Joe Biden has been canceled. But just like The Bachelorette, the reality show of American politics will not be slowed down. And so Joe Biden was going to go do a town hall on ABC tonight. And now, since Trump has been cleared to appear in public again after his COVID negative tests, he too will be doing a town hall at the exact same time on a different network, NBC. This is the new model for debate in the echo chamber world of 2020. (laughs) You get to tune into whichever candidate you prefer to listen to To see only them covering whatever issues they deem important happening at the exact same time. It's a debate happening out of sync in two different places at the exact same time. It is a fucking reality TV show. And here is how it relates to The Bachelor.
1: I don't even think we need to ask the question. I think it's pretty clear.
0: Even just to preface too, I put a thing on my Instagram, which anyone can go look at right now. It's a Joe Biden ad that is cut to look like The Bachelor. It even says he's here for the right reasons. The O in Biden is a fucking gold wedding band. It's not made by Biden's campaign. It's made by an organization called Next Gen America, which is a democratic organization who encourages young people to vote and be politically active. Nonetheless, it's a fucking thing that's bought and paid for. It's getting screen time somewhere. And it's literally Joe Biden as The Bachelor in this thing. So that said, this upcoming thing that's happening tonight. We're recording this, by the way, Thursday afternoon at 3.15 p.m. West Coast time. And what's going to happen tonight is going to be a duel between Joe Biden and Donald Trump for ratings, just like The Fucking Bachelor does every week. That number of how many viewers tune in equates to how successful this is, what kind of piece of the American popular culture this will represent.
1: And coming up, we are going to be comparing the ratings of Claire's Bachelorette premiere with Hannah Brown's Bachelorette premiere last year. Um, Benjamin Simon tweeted something about this that I thought was really apt, which is NBC in 2016, we made a mistake in featuring such an evil man on SNL. We will never do this again. NBC in 2020, we will give Trump a town hall special competing against Biden after he refused to debate virtually.
0: (laughs) That is another parallel to The Bachelorette or The Bachelor. Who is to be blamed for this reality show mentality that now consumes politics? Is it the politicians themselves who are simply using every means at their disposal to put their faces in front of us to continue their parasocial relationship with us? Or is it the media companies who are granting them that ability?
1: I think it's a a combination. And clearly, 45 has decided that this is the way he's going to run everything. So he is focusing on the ratings. He always talks about his ratings, famously compared it to uh, Bachelor PP's season finale ratings. And that is because he focuses on it. We are all going to focus on it, even though it doesn't matter, even though he's polling much worse than Biden at this point.
0: But he's now going to have a narrative where he crushes Joe Biden in the ratings. I think even people who are going to vote for Joe Biden are going to watch Donald Trump. Because we want to see him implode. We're curious to see what he looks like after COVID. All these things. Joe Biden doesn't have anything attracting an audience to his town hall now. What he had before was, I'm Joe Biden doing a town hall. There's nothing else on TV. You want to be watching this. Now it's like, fuck, I have to choose one or the other. We're all going to choose Trump.
1: It's also ratings in themselves are only showing this specific segment of the population who are older, whiter, people who are watching cable as things air as opposed to any of the younger people who are going to be watching this in a completely different fashion through clips through tiktoks youtube
0: i mean we're just at the point where american politics is it's not even like a reality tv show it fucking is one it's now ratings are like a part of it in a way that I mean, we always talk about the ratings of debates and this kind of thing, but now ratings are being used from one candidate against another one to see who's more popular. TV ratings. And speaking of TV ratings, we have some news to get to. This is... bachelor nation news we're going to start off bachelor nation news every week with a new little mini segment in which we are going to be looking at the ratings of the show as well as the instagram moves of the players in it we are calling this segment this week in in (laughs) games
1: The Bachelorette premiered this week and it managed to match the ratings of Hannah Brown's season last year despite having competition from an NFL game on CBS. The show debuted to a 1.3 rating among adults 18 to 49. This is down slightly from season 15. And it had 4.8 million total viewers, exactly the same tally as last year. Typically, The Bachelorette airs in the summer when there's usually lower ratings. So ABC is probably hoping, bang, they're going to be higher due to the fact that it's now airing in the fall.
0: So congratulations to Claire Crawley, Dark Lord Harrison, and as he would say, everyone who's been a part of this one. (laughs) Seems like this show is on track. I know there was some conjecture very early on in the season that maybe due to its being aired on an off night instead of Mondays, Tuesdays, and due to COVID and all the schedule getting fucked up, there was some idea that maybe it was going to have terrible ratings, but it seems like so far, so good. We're on chart for this to be a regular Bachelorette season.
1: I had a couple of friends text me that they were watching who have never watched the show before.
0: Get them in the pit.
1: I will. In addition to the show's ratings, we have also begun charting the Instagram gains of all of the players for this season. And we wanted to highlight some of the players that are having the largest gains and how that relates to their play strategy. As of October 12th, the day before Claire's Bachelorette premiere, Claire had 604,000 followers. And then the top five guys, Dale Moss had 184,000, Kenny Brash had 36K, Tyler Smith had 20.2K. Brandon Goss, fourteen point nine, and Jordan Manier, ten point six. Keep in mind that we're recording this on Thursday, October fifteenth. At the time of this recording, here are the players that had the biggest gains from before the premiere on the twelfth to today, two days after the premiere. The top five follower gains were: Dale Moss gained fifty-six point seven k, Blake Moines. Gained 16.9K, Tyler Cottrell gained 10.5K, Jordan Manier gained 5.7K, Brandon Goss 5.6K, and Claire herself gained 37.3K. So the biggest stories from this Dale Moss gained more followers than even Claire did after the episode premiered. We had first kiss receiver and Clues' play of the game recipient for his preseason DM play, Blake Moynes, also had tremendous gains.
0: I'm telling you, this guy is a fucking favorite. He may be a little bit of a dark horse because as you said, Pace Case, the man is, in quotes, not fit to be bachelor or whatever the fuck you said. But, (laughs) yeah.
1: I just, there's, the vibe doesn't seem right to me.
0: I get it. You're not attracted to the man, but I'm saying the play here is telling a different fucking story. The guy knows what he's doing and he is capitalizing on this shit. I think this guy is going to go deep this season. I think he is going to be a fan favorite. I think Tasha may wind up with him or he might at least wind up in Tasha's top two or three. That's my prediction based on this early Instagram bump.
1: Basically 17,000 follower gain. Second only after Dale Moss. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Tyler Cottrell, Tyler C, the tattle, he burned hard, bright, and fast, gained 10K from his night one elimination after unsuccessfully tattling on
0: Yosef. We see this from time to time. Somebody makes a huge night one play, it winds up blowing up in their face and they get kicked off, but they do get a little bump. So... In a night when you have the possibility to walk into this mansion after having quit your job, paid a bunch of money for clothes, makeup, whatever, (laughs) on a night when you have the possibility to do all this shit and walk away with nothing, at least Tyler C. here assured himself a little bump. Is that going to get him spawn con? Probably not. Is it going to get him some bragging rights among his friends? Definitely. And he can take that to the bank. Not the literal bank, but the figurative one among his friends. (laughs)
1: uh we saw jordan manier another night one guy also had some mid-level gains as well as brandon goss who is still in the game zachary johnson the player with the fart machine standee and who kept insisting on being the first responder at the at the cocktail party came in a close sixth place in gains 5.4 and we saw Easy got a little bump for his colorful narrator play style and his Grandy limo exit, 3.7. The smallest gain went to AJ Yalawan, who gained 193 followers and was a night one guy.
0: Poor AJ. Somebody's got to do it. And he was going to do <laughs> it, bringing up the rear. I would also say that Easy bump may be from some other shit, which we are going to be talking about in a later piece of Bachelor Nation news. think he
1: got a bump from that.
0: Yeah. Curiosity for sure. Interesting. But before we get to that, we wanted to go through some of the other things in Bachelor Nation news and our next item up to be discussed is huge. Matt James cast was released by ABC. We got their first pictures. We got to know who they are. Almost all of their Instagrams are on private, completely locked down. Some have even disabled them. But we did get to see a few little pieces of some of them, and we're going to tell you about them now. We have a much more intricate breakdown of all of this stuff on Reality Steve's podcast we did with him last week. So if you want to hear a more in-depth version of what we're about to do now, please go check out that episode of Reality Steve that we were on last week.
1: Episode 203. Um, Our biggest takeaways, though, from it were... Everyone is a straight up 10. The competition in this game has truly leveled up.
0: This to me was the Hannah Celeste, Madison Pruitt factor. Every Instagram I was able to look at, I was like, stone cold player, stone cold player. They all know exactly how to curate an Instagram. They all know exactly. I mean, one of them is a Miss Universe Puerto Rico. And a lawyer. That's it. Like, did she minor in psychology? Because <sighs> if she did, that's a wrap.
1: This is Catalina Morales-Gomez. She has the highest starting Instagram count at 51.6K.
0: We're seeing our first bonafide TikTok star come in, Katie Thurston. She's got 18.1K Instagram followers, but 233K on TikTok. Now TikTok is a relatively new platform for parasocial fame. It really has kind of come into prominence during COVID, at least on a mainstream scale. And we are now seeing the first player... Who is known primarily for this coming into the game? And we also have a 21 year old player whose mom is a famous fashion designer. Her name is Kit Clementine Keenan. She has 41.6K and her Instagram is fucking impeccable. And I also think Anna Redmond is one to watch. People have been comparing her look to a Hannah Brown. She has 6.1K Instagram followers coming in. And that's just kind of a, a brief overview of the players that we were able to see. Hopefully, One of them, of course, will be able to make a lasting love connection with Matt James out of the Nima Colon Resort. Speaking of lasting (laughs) love connections, our next piece of Bachelor Nation news has to do with a love connection that did not last. The seventh Bachelorette to wear the crown, Ashley Hebert, has announced her split from husband J.P. Rosenbaum, who she met on the show. They split after almost eight years of marriage together. They both put out Instagram posts about it yesterday, October 14th, saying that it was amicable and asking us all to respect their privacy. J.P. proposed to Ashley on her season seven finale. They have two kids, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. We obviously wish them both well.
1: It's very sad. I mean, we're watching, we just watched Brad Womack's second season, and I was like, oh, well, at least Ashley will find JP.
0: We don't know the reason for the split. Shit like this happens, whether you meet in the Bachelor world or not, obviously. It is a sad thing to see, though. There are these pieces of the Bachelor world that you, at least I do, hold up in my mind as kind of, it's not all bad even through all the psychological manipulation and the torture these people are meant to be put through by the producers and dlh some of them do find happiness do get to create families out of it um and it's just shitty to see one of them fucking go down like this you know i'm curious to see what happens to both of them as a result both their instagram counts as well as whatever they go on to pursue in their lives if they wind up with other people will they dip back into the bachelor world to find those people that could be interesting
1: would ashley maybe be the bachelorette again
0: the first divorcee.
1: She went through a lot her first season, I remember. There was a guy who was a straight-up like sociopath, this guy Bentley, who tricked her and joked about tricking her.
0: Well, we hope whatever is in the future for all parties involved, both JP, Ashley, and their children, that eventually things will work out for the best.
1: Speaking of things working out for the best baloney eyes garrett powell has resigned from bachelor nation in our next piece of news (laughs) he's he's been very busy this week he was pulling double duty defending trump claiming that he agreed to denounce white supremacists when the opposite was true and he also found the time to come at mike johnson beloved player in our beloved game And he publicly questioned the validity of Johnson's tweet about a nightmare he had in which he was kidnapped by the KKK and the Proud Boys. Baloney Eyes went one step further and decided to insult Johnson by reprimanding him again on Twitter for asking his group Instagram thread to help promote his book. Um, It turns out that these parasocial actions did not go unnoticed because Old Baloney Eyes got some backlash, including from some Bachelor Nation players like Becca Martinez, who outs him as a white supremacist and holds him accountable for his past racist social media comments. It turns out this was all too much for Baloney Eyes, and he quote unquote resigned from Bachelor Nation in a post. This resignation came with the deletion of his Twitter, but his Instagram is still going strong.
0: That tweet read, Consider this whole day as my resignation from Bachelor Nation. Sick of all the fake robots out there just searching for likes and fame. You, in parentheses, most, are all sheep. (laughs) With a (laughs) sheep emoji. This shit is so Trumpian and just fucking hilarious. Like, are any of us asking for this? None of us give a fuck. I'm resigning from Bachelor Nation. Okay, dude. You were only barely a part of it to begin with.
1: Spoken like a true sheeple.
0: God, God yeah. fucking baloney You know, I don't think he's resigned, by the way. If he has no. resigned, he's going to get his job back. <laughs> Whatever. He'll be in and around Bachelor Nation as a fixture for as long as he wants to be, simply because he's so outspoken and insane, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the most active parasocial players when it comes to open right wing leanings.
1: Definitely. There's only a few like him.
0: <laughs> he's not the most active. We're going to be talking about the most active one (laughs) in our parasocial plays of the week, but he's up there. Him, the other Garretts, Lee, and Garrett Agorian.
1: Speaking of conservative bachelor nation, Madison Pruitt is dating Michael Porter Jr., a super Christian pro basketball player for the Denver Nuggets. While Pruitt hasn't spoken about any sort of relationship with Porter Jr. directly, The basketball player's sister posted a photo featuring the possible new couple on her Instagram page, according to Daily Mail. Porter's sister wrote, my favorite double date, and Pruitt responded with, love you and red heart emojis. Porter Jr. has no social media following, opting instead to actively delete all of his social media and focus on the life he's living. How will that mesh with Madison Pruitt's insatiable hunger for social media dominance?
0: I can actually see it going both ways. There's an argument to be made that because he can't offer her any kind of an IG power couple bump, she's going to get rid of him eventually in favor of some other pro athlete who can. But there's also the argument to be made that she will be the only one in the relationship that's in the parasocial spotlight. And this could be the exact right match for her to keep her grounded so that when she comes home from a long day of TikTok dancing and making her (laughs) IG posts, he can be there with the Bible and some candles and no technology whatsoever in the house, keeping her grounded.
1: Porter Jr. also has some interesting takes. According to The Guardian, in a Snapchat Q&A, he said COVID-19 is, quote-unquote, being used for population control in just terms of being able to control the masses of people. He also claimed, probably falsely, that he has never had a vaccination. He said, I've never been vaccinated in my life. I've never had any shots or anything like that. I wonder if they share these views.
0: I'm curious to know who he thinks is using COVID as population control. Is it his Christian God? (laughs) Then he might be accurate.
1: I don't know. A deep state, a government, Soros. I'm not sure exactly who he's referencing. Neither
0: here. am I, but it is, to me, closely related to a flat-earther, QAnon, conspiracy, right-wing kind of...
1: Probably good he's not on social media.
0: Indeed. Although, he could generate controversy, which might generate an Instagram bump. Oh, God. Speaking <laughs> of controversy, our next piece of Bachelor Nation news and our final piece this week involves Easy from this season of The Bachelorette. Real name Uzoma Nakwaku. I'm not exactly sure that I'm pronouncing that correctly, but we all know Easy. He got a little bump. He was the guy who jumped through the big paper banner in his limo exit. There are some sexual assault rumors that are starting to swirl around Easy. We have to preface this by saying we know almost nothing about it except what is going around on Reddit and the little that was mentioned on Reality Steve and Ashley Spivey's IG Live this week. But apparently, there is a woman who had a past relationship with Easy that did not go well. Again, we don't know the exact details. Reality Steve said in his Live that he believes Easy will never be seen in the franchise again, and that if this woman can get in contact with the production team at Bachelorette, he will likely be edited out of the show. They couldn't edit him, obviously, out of big group shots, but that they would just remove any ITMs, they would remove Mm -hmm. any story components that that have to deal with him, because whatever this story is, is so bad that they are going to want to distance themselves completely.
1: It sounded like the person had tried to contact production.
0: Perhaps they're purposely ignoring her. I don't know. But whatever the case is here, this is a story we're going to be following probably throughout the season or at least until the big piece of news comes out. It doesn't seem like this is going away. We're left with this question that we have to ask again of the show. How do guys like this keep getting cast? One of only two things can be true here. Season after season, we see things like this happen. So it's either the casting directors have learned literally no lessons from guys like this getting exposed every fucking year and they continually put in an insufficient amount of work and background checks and these guys are just slipping through the cracks every season. That could be true. Or they're purposely dropping one or two guys like this into the casting pool just to create drama, just to blow things up in the show. Potentially even to have social media blow up about it. So that they get extra coverage. I don't know which of these is true, but it just seems to me that after this has happened so regularly, they would have put something in place to start getting better at catching this. And it just that doesn't seem like it's happening. I feel happening
1: like to me. part of that protocol is the announcement of way more players than end up on the show. I feel like they're hoping stuff will come out of the woodwork in that period of time. Cause I don't know. A lot of these people are coming out with this stuff when they see them on TV. And I don't know how you reach out to that many people beforehand.
0: But when they release the players, they're not ever releasing the players with an express command for us, the viewing audience, to start digging into their past to help the production in any way. They're just like, here's these guys. They don't ever say why they're doing that. Or, you know, even more specifically, like you're saying, that there is a point to it that they want us to dig into their pasts.
1: Do you think that they're purposefully casting these people with these terrible pasts in order to generate controversy?
0: I don't know that that's the case, but it just seems like every season there's a guy like this or a Lee Garrett who is openly racist or a Garrett who has these tweets that are easily findable. It just seems like there's always one of these guys at the very least who is problematic in some way leading all the way up to, we don't know what is going to come out about easy. Oh, Again, all we know is these rumors that it has something to do with sexual assault. The
1: other alternative is that there is a factor that contributes to people having pasts with situations like this and also wanting to go on a reality TV show. That maybe there's, you know, psychological factors that make them
0: more likely to do both things absolutely i'm sure plenty of people who apply for the show and even get far in casting don't make it on the show because of this i'm sure they find some things like this and they're like fuck yeah too much we gotta not have this guy but it seems like every season there's at least one guy who is extremely problematic i'm watching
1: love island usa and this guy noah purvis on it apparently falsified information to get on the show and hid his alleged past in gay porn, and that was revealed, and they immediately took him out of the show. But, I mean, they have the benefit of filming live. But it's interesting how, how Bachelor handles it. I mean, they completely ignored Victoria Fuller's White Lives Matter controversy. They never brought it up on the show. Only Cosmo did, revoking her, her cover.
0: There was a guy on Becca Kufrin's season, Lincoln Adim. He was convicted of indecent assault and battery for groping and assaulting an adult female on a harbor cruise ship.
1: Yeah, I remember him. But I mostly remember that he supposedly pooped on the floor of his workplace.
0: Well, whichever (laughs) of those actions you find to be worse, uh, (laughs) that's fine. I'm just saying this was like public record and they had the guy on the show. And then I think they did try to cut him out of it, but the show was already shot, like he was in it. And we may have a similar case of something like that happening here. I just don't get after it happens again and again why they don't put some protocol in place to make sure this is not possible. I don't think it's that hard. At the very least, you could just hire a private investigator to look into every one of their backgrounds.
1: You would think that there would be some liability concerns with this. You know, what if that guy attacked Claire?
0: Oh, she's already signed away her civil rights. The contracts they have in place, ironclad. Literally, someone could kill someone on camera. The show would be responsible in no way.
1: Legally, but to the public.
0: Speaking of being responsible to the public, that wraps up this week's Bachelor Nation News, and we are now very happy to move on to the segment we like to do where we talk about all of the different posts and videos and tweets and everything that the players of our beloved game are doing off the television and on the screens we hold in our hands. This is The
1: Parasocial Play 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 of the Week.
0: There was so much parasocial play going on in our beloved game this week. It was a fucking board. And we're going to hit a couple of the highlights, and then we're going to tell you our winner, because the winner this week... It's huge. We've never seen anything like it. It is fucking groundbreaking, unprecedented. Literally, I could not believe it when I saw it. But we will get to that. First, though, let's talk about some of the bigger plays that did happen this week.
1: Hannah and Tyler made a video that was posted to her YouTube channel titled What Really Happened. It's 17 minutes and 25 seconds long, and it has 1.3 million views. It's them in her apartment sitting in front of a TV screen with a fire on it. They're lying to us about all of the nature of their relationship during the quarantine crew era. They're nervous and shifty, and you get the sense that they are Delivering this rehearsed story about just being platonic friends and never having even kissed when they were sleeping together in the same bed in Florida.
0: Tyler then posted a very similar video on his own YouTube channel called The Truth About Our Relationship slash Hannah Brown and Tyler Cameron Mukbang. For those of you who don't know, mukbang is when people gorge themselves on food for no reason. This video is 13 minutes, 24 seconds long. It has 896,000 views. It is shot in the exact same location on the exact same day as the video. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time. And I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash gameofroses today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash gameofroses. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye,
1: Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at Oneskin.co. That's 15% off Oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues, Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock.
0: We sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims. Johanna posted it's in her apartment in front of the same TV with the same digital fire. Hannah has changed her t shirt to try and trick us into thinking it is a different video. It is not. And we get the added bonus of these two parasocial darlings gorging themselves on Chick-fil-A while they spin the same lies they spun in Hannah's video.
1: Sarah Heron uh, shared her bipolar 2 diagnosis and medication journey ahead of World Mental Health Day on two separate Instagram posts. The first one shows an image of her hand with a pill in it, and it has 23.3 thousand likes, 884 comments. And an additional 12,000 likes on her follow-up post, part two. At a time where we're still stigmatizing mental illness on the show, a la Jay Smith's taut limo exit in a straitjacket saying he went crazy in quarantine, lol. At a time where, according to the Washington Post, the Census Bureau found during the coronavirus pandemic that a third of Americans showed signs of depression or clinical anxiety. And the National Institute of Mental Health has reported that one in five adults in America are living with a mental illness. Uh, This was very nice to see from Sarah Heron.
0: And that right wing parasocial (laughs) player of Bachelor Nation that we were mentioning earlier, James McCoy Taylor, put out a new music video for his original song, Great Again. It has 103,000 views eclipsing all of his previous YouTube work combined. His next closest attempt at parasocial dominance was another music video for a song called Are You With Us or Not? that clocked in at a paltry 3.6K. Great Again is a pop country pro-Trump anthem that features helicopters flying around with American flags, people donning MAGA hats, Taylor himself playing the guitar and singing in cornfields and on the back of cars as it proudly exclaims that he'll be voting for Trump in the upcoming election so he can keep his kids in church and keep prayer in schools. <laughs> While we may not agree with his personal ideologies, this was a standout parasocial play from him this week. And at the very least, he is telling us all who he's going to be voting for, which is still pretty rare in Bachelor Nation.
1: But notably, we also saw a few other Bachelor Nation players taking parasocial political stands. This week, we saw Becca Krufen posted a main grid pic of her in a Biden shirt that got 47,000 likes and 4,000 comments. That's engagement. Uh, PP had a main grid post of himself with an American flag in one hand and a ballot in the other that was simply captioned, vote. He hauled in 90k and 2400 comments and even his little bro little jet and jack got in on the action with a post in the exact same location as pp in front of the same house and the same american flag as he pointed to his i voted sticker jet and jack got 2700 likes and 58 comments for his efforts
0: While these were all great plays of course there was one indisputable winner it was creatively impressive The amount of work, coordination, effort, and the sheer scope of this project gave us no choice but to award the parasocial play of the week to The Passing the Rose video. Hopefully you all know what I'm talking about. This is a video that is four minutes, nine seconds long. It is posted October 13th, the premiere date of the 16th season of The Bachelorette, It features literally every Bachelorette in history in chronological order, using self-shot footage to pass the rose to each Bachelorette. The only one missing is, of course, Meredith Phillips, season two's Bachelorette, who we can only assume has been exiled from all Bachelor-related media events due to her allegations that she was sexually assaulted on the set of the show by a masseuse. But other than (laughs) Meredith, it starts with Trista and... Each of the bachelorettes holds a rose in a kind of glamorous bachelorette style shot with roses in the background or some kind of glamorous dress on. They then push the rose into the lens, obscuring it from our view. And when they pull it back away, they're revealed to be caught in some kind of comedic tableau featuring them in a much less glamorous event, usually having something to do with being a mom or a wife. And then they toss the rose off screen and it's cut to match a shot with the next bachelorette catching the rose, and doing that same thing repeated again. Again, every bachelorette in history except Meredith Phillips. We have never seen anything remotely like this. And to make it even crazier, every one of them posted it to their main grid. Every one but one. Hannah Brown did not put it in her main grid. She put it in her IG stories, and it fucked up her engagement as a result. But they all posted it. So this play is actually a group play between every one of the bachelorettes. And we're now going to take you through...
1: Except Meredith Phillips.
0: Except (laughs) Meredith Phillips. We're now going to take you through each one of their engagements, where they ranked, who got the highest engagement, and then give you the total number, which is fucking staggering.
1: The top five engagements for this video were... Number one, bachelorette JoJo Fletcher. She got 1.1 million likes... 3,127 comments. Number two, current bachelorette Claire Crawley got 445,000 likes, 912 comments. Number three, Caitlin Bristow got 416,000 4- likes, 921 comments. Jillian Harris, 310,000 likes, 616 comments. And rounding out number five, Ali Fedotowsky, 309,000 likes, 802 comments.
0: Now you'll notice that the biggest Instagram following in Bachelorette history, Hannah Brown, is not even in the fucking top five. She had 224,000 views with 40 comments, again, because she didn't post it in her fucking grid. And I don't know why she did this. If this was kind of a fuck you, maybe she's salty that she has to pass the rose at this point that she doesn't get to be The Bachelor anymore because she's been The Bachelorette for fucking hundred years because of COVID. I don't know. But she put it in her IG stories and in her reels. Those are the only places you could see it. And this is a huge mistake. Unless, yeah. again, she's doing it on purpose to be like, fuck you. I don't need The Bachelor anymore. But I can't imagine that being the case.
1: She comes after Rachel Lindsay, who had 303,000 likes, 929 comments.
0: And the total engagement for all Bachelorettes combined, Hannah Brown, Rachel Lindsay, Ashley Hebert, Andy Dorfman, all of the Bachelorettes you've come to know and love who posted this in their grid, we went through and tabulated the whole fucking thing. Total views for this Passing the Rose video across all Bachelorettes accounts. 3.84 million views. Total comments. 8,980 comments. The engagement for this is insane. This is so fucking huge. I can't, I mean, whoever came up with the idea is a genius, first of all. I assume it was some (laughs) ABC marketing person. And I feel for that person too. In my head, I'm imagining who worked the hardest on this. My first thought was an editor having to fucking get this footage coming in from the different bachelorettes and make mm-hmm. it make sense. And I'm like, no, it's not the fucking editor. It's whatever marketing person produced this, because that's the person who's on the phone sending emails. No, actually, you have to shoot it like this. Then you put the rose up into the camera, then you pull it back, and then we'll cut it together to make it look... like. So- and then you have to throw the rose to the yeah. right because Becca Kufrin's is going to catch it from the left. That person deserves a fucking academy award for producing whoever they are because this video came (laughs) off pretty well like in terms of its production value it's good the the cuts match the even some of the performances are like funny they're cute they're endearing whatever some of their kids are in them they made a good video here and the amount of work required to actually do it especially remotely these bachelorettes are shooting their own fucking footage some of them are expert at it
1: Yeah. And a lot of them are like pre-Instagram era. Exactly. They're not making comments. JoJo Fletcher knows what the fuck she's doing.
0: That phone call went easy. You're trying to tell Jen Sheft how to make this fucking video? (laughs) Good luck. And they did it.
1: She came in last. (laughs) Three point four K thirty-six comments. Apparently it took six months to shoot this. So it's been a long time coming. Oh
0: my god. I would not have guessed that. I would have thought like maybe a month, six months. <laughs> okay. The true story is coming out now. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, it was worth it. Look, they got huge engagement off of this and it really is a historic piece of media. It has every bachelorette in it. Again, other than Meredith. I'm hopeful that they keep doing these from time to time. I don't know if they'll do it every year or not. If that'll get, if it's you know, not worth six months of work, I guess, <laughs> every year. But it was interesting to see. I enjoyed it thoroughly.
1: It also, it felt like, you know, Bachelor Nation is a family, except Meredith Phillips. Everybody everybody still communicates with each other, and they're happy that they've done it. They're still associating themselves with the show. They're happy for Claire, etc. And
0: that there is this ceremonial legacy attached to being the Bachelorette, that they're passing this rose. The Bachelorette has always had that, in my opinion, over The Bachelor. The Bachelor doesn't seem to have this idea of legacy or lineage in being the next Bachelor. They just kind of announce him. He's out there. You will get a Council of the Crown in a Bachelor season where two or three of the old Bachelorette show up or friends or whoever, high-ranking Bachelor players will show up on the first episode to tell The Bachelor, good luck. Here's what you need to look out for.
1: Sean Lowe will show up, <laughs> aka... <laughs> He's in all of the Council of the Crowns.
0: (laughs) The Bachelorette has something different. There's a real feeling of sisterhood between the Bachelorettes that I don't feel you get with the Bachelors that isn't there. And this video to me really captured that in a way that it was just astounding to me, the level of work put into it, honestly. So congratulations to all the Bachelorettes, except Meredith. (laughs) You guys get our parasocial play of the week.
1: Maybe parasocial play of the year. Do we have the total views? The likes are just a portion of the views.
0: You know, as I'm looking back at this now, I think we might have to do just a minor correction. The numbers we reported as likes were actually views. That changes nothing. (laughs)
1: Clues! (laughs) I can't believe you did this. (laughs) This is so
0: general shaft of you. My apologies, but we caught it early enough that we can tell you now, so the episode hasn't gone out with an error in it, and... Just make that small, subtle change in your mind. That first number we mentioned is views, not likes. It's still fucking gigantic. And still the parasocial play of the week. For reference,
1: JoJo has 1.1 million views, 127,000 likes.
0: So those numbers are going to be a little smaller. Nonetheless, still a massive undertaking, still a huge success, still the parasocial play of the week. And now we have come to that time when Pace Case and I begin to examine our problematic relationship with this TV show. And this week, we have something a little special planned. We hope you enjoy Screams Screams from from the the Pit! This Screams from the Pit is very special. We're doing something a little different here. Usually. In the pit. It's just me and Pace Case screaming into each other's faces, hoping against <laughs> all odds that one of us can pull the other out of the pit. But this mm-hmm. week, we've brought in someone else to help us because this week's Screams from the Pit is sponsored by Relationship Hero. Relationship Hero is the most popular relationship coaching service with an average of 4.9 stars on Trust Pilot. You can get advice from any one of their relationship coaches on any kind of relationship you might be in that you need help with. If you're casually dating, looking for a soulmate, newly engaged, have been married for decades, Relationship Hero is here to support you. You can get advice on anxiety, tough breakups building better boundaries that caught my eye and that is why we have shoya here with us who is a certified relationship coach from relationship hero thank you for joining us in the pit
1: gracias gracias thank you for having me welcome shoya So how long have you been working with Relationship Hero?
2: I have been with this company for two years. I've been doing remote work with Relationship Hero for two years.
0: Well, we're going to ask you to do some of that remote work with us now. Because as I mentioned, (laughs) the problem we have, both Pace Case and I, is with our relationship to a television show called The Bachelor. Have you ever seen it?
2: I'm aware of what it is, but I have
0: never actually seen the show. Ah, then you might not actually be aware of what it truly is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What do you think it is? (laughs) So
2: I'll tell you my bachelor, you know, expertise goes as far as when I'm having TGIT Thursdays on ABC watching Scandal. Then an ad will come on for The Bachelor. I'm like, oh. That show, Mm. but I haven't actually tuned in to watch it. But I am aware that it is um, another classic dating TV reality show.
0: Okay, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) Uh, Because you are descended into a place that goes beyond fandom of the show. It goes beyond cultural critique. What has happened to Pace Case and I can only be described as a transformation at the fundamental level of who we are as people because of our interaction with the show and how it's taken over (laughs) our lives. And I hope that you can remain clean of this as you're down here in the pit with us trying to help Mm -hmm. us climb out.
1: So here's kind of what we do in the pit. Screams from the Pit is a segment where we discuss a way that we relate to The Bachelor that has been unhealthy just from that week. So we pick... One of the various things that has happened to us that makes us feel we have a a guttural scream to let out on this podcast and be like, this is how deep in the pit. The pit, what we're referring to is sort of this um, obsession that has taken hold of us and it has taken over our lives, essentially. So whenever we say screams from the pit is basically saying, this is something this week that exemplifies my problematic relationship with the show. We're aware (laughs) that there's a a problem. We just need help.
2: That is the first step.
1: (laughs) I'm like, wait, now I need to explain what the pit is. Okay, well, so a scream from the pit is this. I'm like, oh yeah, you know nothing.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, most of my clients are in in a pit of themselves. So I'm very aware of, you know, this, what pits are. Your pit is just very you know, specific, because this is a relationship <laughs> with a TV show versus another person. You but, I of am, but, you know, I've seen some things, but, you know, there's a first for everything. I am curious. I'm going to stand on the side of the pit and see if I can throw a rope down there with you guys before I officially yeah, we're hoping for ropes. fall in.
0: <laughs> but don't grab onto that rope too tightly because we might pull you in
2: maybe maybe we'll we'll see we'll see i mean we will
0: indeed (laughs) oh my
1: god (laughs) close okay it's so crazy to have Um, (laughs) someone in the pit with us like this i don't
0: even know how to fucking behave it's so crazy okay here we go (laughs) all right
1: my so my scream from the pit this week is actually it's a correction I've never issued an official correction on a scream from a pit before, but it must be done. My scream from the pit last week, I told all of you guys about my nightmare that was starring me and Nick Vial, who is a, is a, is a huge player in our beloved game, which is the bachelor. Um, <laughs> I have to keep backing up out of the pit in order to explain this, but, Basically, this dream was that he and I were building barricades in a house to protect my family from a monster that looked like a water heater. And this week's scream occurred right after we recorded this, when I told Bachelor Clues that while I had said that the relationship with my apocalypse partner, Nick Vial, had been platonic, it had not been platonic... This is my correction, and I apologize for misleading my dear friends in the pit.
2: Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, classic question: H- How does this make you feel, Lizzie? <laughs> 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 I want to well, I didn't.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't see anything wrong with it until I told Clues, and he's like, "You lied in your scream from the pit," and I was like. Well, yeah, I didn't want it to seem as bad. So, <laughs> were you ashamed? Yeah, there was a, a shame element for sure.
2: What is the shame? <laughs> what are, are we ashamed of? The fact that the relationship wasn't not supposedly platonic. I mean,
1: I yeah, I guess it just didn't seem. I don't know. I can't believe that I made my scream try to seem less bad because I feel like I usually try to try to be very honest with everyone here. But yeah, I would say most of my dreams are not platonic. So for me to say that it was a platonic dream, I mean, I apologize.
2: That's very interesting. It sounds like you're used to being in the pit, but you got a little lower there than what you're normally used to, like just yeah. a little bit of wave. But it's all, it's all good. I mean, it sounds like you're.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Shoya.
2: are all comfortable. It seems like y'all are very comfortable. With the pit, that I will say, even though I haven't watched the show, mm-hmm. I have done a little bit of re- I always do research with my clients. I'm like, well, oh, let me listen to an episode or two, and you know, even what you said clues, like you're perfectly fine with your obsession with the pit, like that's the first step, admitting the problem, being like, you know what? I'm actually kind of okay with this problem. So this I mean, you are honest about it now. That's what matters. <laughs> You came and told the truth, and for that, we welcome you, yeah.
1: I guess it's just a it's a new it's a new level to be like, here were my, you know non-platonic dreams on this podcast broadcasting to who God knows who
0: <laughs> pace case, if I may ask a question, uh-huh. I have no problem with the dishonesty. The pit is a dark, fucking place, <laughs> and whatever either of us can do to get through it, to maintain whatever fucking shred of sanity we have left at this point by all means do it but what i'm curious about is what exactly do you mean by non-platonic
1: Ooh. it was it was non-platonic what does that mean you know platonic is like it was just a friendship basis with mikhail <laughs> yeah, yeah i know what the and i will is. say it was a non-platonic so it wasn't just a friend's <laughs> thing
0: But do you mean like you were, it was an implied romantic relationship or you were engaged in non-platonic activity?
1: It was (laughs) (laughs) non-platonic. It was of a romantic nature. Whatever
2: it was, it required barricades.
0: I understand. There are private places in the pit. There are places that not everyone in the pit gets to know about. You've built your own little non-platonic cave within-
1: Yeah, my little crevice over here in the corner. (laughs) Was this a wake-up call for you? I mean, I feel like doing this podcast every week is a wake-up call for me because (laughs) I feel like our screams from the pit probably at the beginning were like, oh my God, I talked to my friend for The Bachelor for like 20 minutes and now it's like, so I spent my entire night, I stayed up all night watching Lauren and Ari's YouTube channel They are a a couple who who came out of this franchise. Um.
0: Who have the most successful fetus play in the history of the game. (laughs) Indeed.
1: (laughs) Clues, what was your scream this week?
0: Well, (laughs) my scream is just going to add to yours in that this is going to be a double dream scream. I have long prided myself on never having had a dream associated with our beloved game.
1: You do famously brag about that.
0: It's what I'm most known for. Yeah, he knows a lot about The Bachelor, but he's never had a Bachelor dream. People say that to me on the street. Just kidding. I don't leave my apartment.
1: Shoya, is that something? I mean... That's
0: unrelated to The Bachelor, by the way. (laughs) That's a a whole other thing.
2: Keeping a little mental list. It's like, we'll attack this one thing at a time. Yeah, this
1: is like an intake (laughs) session where you're just learning. You're taking it all in.
2: Right, exactly. Just taking it all in.
0: So three days ago, I had my first Bachelor-related dream, and... It was significantly related to The Bachelor. The entire premise of it, in fact, was Bachelor-oriented. The dream was, as I remembered as much as I can, I am in the back of a cargo plane, kind of in the (laughs) vein of an action movie where military people are getting ready to go in for a mission and they're all strapped up and they're flying to their place, their destination. So I'm looking around and everybody else in this plane is much younger than me, in their 20s, Mm. at the oldest. And one of them turns to me and says, Hey, why are you coming to Bachelor in Paradise?
1: <laughs> this is a spin off show of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Gotcha.
0: So, The Bachelor and Bachelorette, just to enlighten you for a moment, the structure of those games is one lead, 25 to 30 people engage in a war of attrition to see who can last to the very end and get a diamond ring or even potentially ascend to a crown in the following season of the opposite gendered bachelor or bachelorette bachelor in paradise is where the people who make it to the top 10 or so of each of those seasons have a chance to come kind of be on an all-star version of this game where they all engage in a uh, kind of free for all psychological warfare against one another on a beach in Mexico while being drunk at all times.
2: Sounds completely healthy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, none of this show is healthy. (laughs) So my dream was that I was going to that version of the show as the oldest player. Certainly, I would have been the oldest player in the history of the goddamn game, let alone in this specific season. None of the people on the plane were known characters from the show. These were all dream people generated by my mind, or perhaps they were people I've seen in my daily life. I've heard that said before, that people who appear in your dreams are people you've actually seen, and your brain populates the world with them. That's true. Uh, I recognize none of these people. Certainly, they weren't from Bachelor. And as we were going to the island, at least in this dream, it was an island. In real life, it's, it's Mexico, a beach in Mexico. But as we were going to this island, it was very Hunger Games-esque. We all had backpacks full of equipment that we were going to need to like, you know, do survival techniques or what have you. And what was going through my mind in this dream was not oh, I'm scared to do this, or I'm the oldest guy here, I'm out of place, or how's this going to work? It was only a hyper-competitive confidence that I would destroy every one of these players and walk away from this experience as the most lauded player in the history of Bachelor in Paradise. I had no doubt about it. It was just this <laughs> supreme confidence. I almost felt like Superman in the dream. You were
2: cat yes. You were going to be Katniss of this. Exactly. What were you wearing?
0: <laughs> we, well, that was another part of it that is not germane to the actual game. We were all wearing the same thing, kind of military style fatigues with like mm. a, the backpacks we had on were like military style backpacks, two straps over the shoulders, one around the waist. I don't know what was in it. In my mind, I assumed there were things more than just rations that there might have been weapons of some kind in it as well. But <laughs> certainly it was a Bachelor in Paradise show. There might have been some other dream element that involved kind of a, a dramatic, violent uh, action that would have to be taken on the beach once we landed. But I knew my primary purpose was to engage in this psychological game of manipulation with these other players that were on the plane with me.
1: And you were going to end up engaged at the end?
0: Possible, yeah, that that was the <laughs> end goal. But I knew that there was a metagame. Look, you and I talk about the game all the time. Pace Case, you know this. Shoya, for you... Winning the ring is not the end-all, be-all of this game. The end-all, be-all is getting the most Instagram followers you possibly can, which means actually engaging in a series of bobs and weaves through the structure of potentially three or four seasons, if you can manage it, to get engaged, break up, become the Bachelor or Bachelorette, break up, get on Bachelor in Paradise, so on and so forth. So I was aware that there was a long game to be played as well, but then we jump out of the back of the plane And we began to kind of parachute, parasail, hang glide type thing down, almost like a game of Fortnite. And this is where the dream ended. I never made it to the beach. I never got to actually engage in this warfare. And I woke up because I sleep for about 45 minutes at a time at this point in my life.
1: Is that something?
0: Yeah, I don't think that has to do with Bachelor either. Unfortunately, that has to do with the decay of the world. Gotcha. But I now have found myself as I'm falling asleep wanting the dream to continue, hoping that this will be the night I get to finish my fight on the island in this version of Bachelor in Paradise. Gotcha. And um, so far, nothing. And I know that this is extremely unhealthy, especially for someone who wants to ultimately end their relationship with the show, that I'm now craving a fantasy version of it as I sleep, which is usually my only reprieve from the show, from our engagement with it, is while I sleep. And now, even (laughs) in that time... I am fully immersed.
2: Right. It's slipped over. Like on um, in separate news, right, you could pitch this to the producers for a survival version of The Bachelor and see how that works out for I you. I love this. <laughs> so, not, but now if that. Now we're doesn't developing
1: work. a new <laughs> show. That's right. <laughs> right.
0: Dark Lord Harrison comes out and is like, at this point in the game, your relationships have to be serious and if they're not, we are going to kill you.
2: Right, right. So, like, in other news, it's like, what advice did the coach give you? Well, she told us to deep dive further into this, that there was no way out but
0: through. Yeah. So, oh. this to the
2: producers and see where this goes. But, um,
0: yeah. If I may, if I may just ask you a question. Where did you hear that phrase, the only way out is through?
2: The only way, that was... it could have been said, I'm pretty sure I am not the originator of that phrase, but that just kind of comes from old fashioned experience, right? And professional, personal experience that over under those things, they really don't work, right? You really just have to kind of, you're already halfway into this tunnel. The amount of time it's going to take you to walk backwards, you might as well just see what's on the other end, there whatnot. Oh, y'all are pretty
0: deep. Y'all are pretty deep in this. This isn't that phrase is one that we say literally every time we descend into the pit. The only way out is through because <laughs> we know that you just to be said true. That. Yeah. You've already given us the advice we've been <laughs> telling ourselves to keep ourselves down here. <laughs> well, it's kind
2: of like we first we need to admit that this is where we are in the pit, and like, okay, well, the the idea that we can climb out the, that the rope is gone, it burned, it fell. We're here, so. I guess it's interesting (laughs) that you both had dreams. It's very interesting, though, that you say that you've never had a dream about this. Like you've been able, as, as deep as you are into this, you've been able to separate it from your subconscious. Since dreams are kind of, you know, manifestations, visual manifestations of your subconscious. So the fact that you've been able to separate it from your subconscious, I don't know if it's just good old fashioned self-discipline or maybe you don't care about this as much as you did but the fact that this is just now showing up like do you think this is the end I mean 2020 has been very apocalyptic do you feel like I mean if you're gonna fully deep dive into this before the year ends this would be the time
0: oh I mean we're doing the deepest dive anyone has ever done in this show right now we're also doing a thing just for context for you that we're calling hyper binging where we are watching every episode of the show from season one, episode one to season 24, episode 12 at two times speed. Yesterday we did six episodes in a day. Episodes are two hours long a piece.
2: That is commitment. That is commitment. That it's, um, I'm, I'm, Terrified and impressed at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we as you said, the, the only way out is
2: through. <laughs> the only way yeah. out is through. So you mentioned that you want out of this relationship. And I'm just curious as to why. You see you both seem so committed to it. Like, why do you want? I mean, if you want out, well, we can do that. But I'll, like I'm tell all my clients, like, do, do you really want out? I mean, why do you want out of this?
1: I mean, I think one of the main things that we talk about is that we struggle with the fact that we are complicit with this show because the show has all of these misogynistic, racist, homophobic mm-hmm. things that it propagates all the time. So I think that's part of what we struggle with with the show. Gotcha. Um, and us making all of this periphery, peripheral media to it is boosting the show in its own way
2: yeah yeah they came out in 2002 or 2006 I don't remember I did some research I haven't watched it but I did do my homework <laughs> 2002 so yeah yeah it's it's kind of like a carry-on of something that's like a demographic that was popular back in the 2000s because that's when this whole reality tv show train took place. Like I didn't, and I haven't watched any of the batch. I have watched flavor flavor. I remember when that came out, I watched that show, but, um, I didn't, I didn't get into this. And I think it, the train got too far away for me to, to hop on. I'm like, yeah, this train is very much left the station. So there's. I'm. I'm not watching two episodes. I'm not watching two times speed six episodes a day to to, to catch up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, where everybody else got in the conversation.
0: You're not doing it yet.
2: <laughs> not Yet. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs>
0: I'll just tell you this: the more time you spend in the pit, the less like yourself you will start to seem to yourself.
2: Oh, thanks for the warning. Now I'm My really pleasure. more unlikely. <laughs> perfect
1: ad- a perfect advertisement for never going to therapy. Right. It's right kinda there. like I, mean,
2: I am a part of the culture where if somebody tells you to run, I'm not asking you why. I'm a I believe you. Like I'm gonna I'm going like Yeah. I ain't got figured out. I'm, I'm just we're headed, we're gone, right? So you don't have to convince me. <laughs> I,
0: Fair enough. <laughs> well, Thank you very much, Shoya, for joining us here in the pit for our first session. This was fantastic. As we go through the season, Shoya, you're going to join us, right? Every uh, week for another. Yes. And we cannot thank you enough for that. We cannot wait to see where it goes. We cannot wait to tell you many more of our screams. And for anybody out there who wants to get some help with whatever relationships they might be in at the moment, please go to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R to support us and to support Relationship Hero and to support Shoya. And you will get $50 off your first one hour coaching session if you go to relationshiphero.com slash G-O-R. Thank you again, Shoya. We will see you next week.
2: Thank you. Thank Thank you. you I appreciate
1: it. Are you wondering how you can best support Clues and I in our journalistic endeavors? Number one way, subscribe to our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash This is where we will be posting at least two bonus episodes a month, doing a monthly live stream. I might be posting some additional mystery content as well.
0: Our next bonus episode will be coming out next Thursday. So if you're not signed up for the Patreon... You have a couple of days to do it. Thank you to everyone who's sending in all the tidbits. We love our tidbits down at the bottom of the pit. It's what keeps us alive. It's what keeps us motivated to continue this mad fucking thing we're doing where The Bachelor has now consumed our lives 24 hours a day and we are making multiple pieces of media in service of that madness. And speaking of being in service of that madness, we cannot thank you enough. (laughs) for the response that you have all given us (laughs) when we asked you to comment on Clickbait's Instagram page that you wanted us to be a guest on their show. (laughs) Now, nothing has happened as a result of this yet, but we did go on their page, and whatever the most recent post was that day that our episode came out, the whole thing is just comments about Game of Roses on Clickbait. So we're asking you once again, please hammer Clickbait with as many comments as you can, with as many reviews as you can that mention getting us on the show. This is one of our goals in this new era of The Bachelor and Bachelorette and a new era for Game of Roses. We want to start getting on things like clickbait. And that is our first goal.
1: So yeah, lots of options to support us. Sign up for our Patreon, comment on Clickbait's posts, send our podcast to a friend or two. If they watch Bachelor or Bachelorette.
0: And of course, stay tuned. Next Wednesday, we will be back with a brand new episode commenting on everything that is going to happen next Tuesday night in episode two of season 16 of The Bachelorette. And we can't wait to see how Claire blows up The Bachelorette. And we hope everybody out there has a good weekend. Before we go, what is the duab at?
1: It has been 6,779 days without a black bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison.
0: Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now head to toe dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever. Unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com/roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's Quince, Q U I N C E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge, who's gonna use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties, from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out.